Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast on Believe. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so excited to be joined today by my friend and my colleague, sports anchor and reporter at Cron 4, Kate Rooney. Kate takes us through her career journey and talks about finding her unique perspective. She also shares a day in her very busy, but very rewarding life, talks constructive criticism, and so much more. It's a great one, so let's get to it. Kate, I am so excited to get to talk to you today for Get My Job. I know we've been trying to do this for a while. A pandemic got in the way. I know COVID got in the way. All the things got in the way, but I'm so glad you're here today. Welcome to the show. I'm so thrilled to be on. Thanks, Tracy. Absolutely. So let's jump in and have you tell everybody about your professional journey to how you got here today. Well, like pretty much everybody else in the industry, um, (laughs) I had a very circuitous path to get here. I was always a a journalism kid. I, I started working for my school paper in middle school, and I thought that I wanted to be a TV broadcaster. That was it. I have old journal entries, like if you look at my seventh grade notebook saying that I wanted to be Lisa Guerrero, the sideline reporter. Um, but then I kind of got derailed. I started doing theater. I majored in theater in college. Oh, I didn't and, know that. Yeah. Know musical theater know. specifically. Oh, um, I that. And so I moved to New York to be a Broadway star. Oh my gosh, um, I didn't know any of this. It's amazing. <laughs> I love hearing this. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's it's a fun fact that I like. It doesn't come up very often, as you can imagine. Musical theater and sports are kind of um, at odds, you could say. Yeah, not a lot fair. of people singing musicals in in the locker room, but um, <laughs> which, by the way, is a miss. I just want to point that out. Hard miss. In a fact, I might need miss. to do a segment about that with some 49ers players. That could be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I kind of, even though I love New York City, and I have many friends who did stick with it and and ended up on Broadway and winning Tonys and doing big things in that industry. It just was not for me. The waking up at 5 a.m. And, and lining up with 500 people to maybe get a chance to sing and see if they like you. And it just was kind of, I took some hits to my self-confidence because of it. Mm-hmm. And I just found that I wasn't willing to, I don't know, kind of suffer for that particular industry. I still love musical theater. Um, but I started to think about going back to grad school. And ultimately, I knew that if I did, I wanted a program that had a really strong sports focus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up at USC, which was the best decision I have ever made. Unfortunately, I was there during the, during the two years of USC's bull ban. So that was very sad times. Um, <laughs> yes, I would but, imagine. <laughs> but um I learned so much there, made so many amazing connections there, and still got to experience a taste of what that like incredible collegiate sports culture is like. And it only made me hungrier to be in the industry. It happened that I graduated right around the time that Pac-12 Network was launching, okay. and they were really interested in hiring Pac-12 grads um, yeah. who, who you know Good were familiar timing. with the conference. So it was great timing, and uh, I took a job in production to work there, even knowing that I really did want to be on air, hoping that I could kind of exploit the newness of that network and them still figuring out what was going on to get myself some on-air opportunities. Mm -hmm. And that is kind of, it took a few years, but that is kind of what ended up happening. Um, And I did, I worked there for, I think about six years in total, some full-time, some freelance, and then uh, ended up going full freelance to focus on my on-air career and did a bunch of different jobs with a bunch of different places until once again, I decided I wanted more stability. And that's when I ended up being full-time at Cron 
covering the 49ers with you. And it's just been so awesome. Uh, wouldn't trade any of it. That is fantastic. That is an, an awesome journey. And I loved in the beginning that you said it was circuitous because most of our guests say, well, my path was not the nat- the normal path. And I don't think there's any such thing as the normal path because we all come to it from all these different places. And I love hearing that. I had no idea about the musical theater and the theater. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's fantastic. The last of the major pro sports leagues kick off this week and Bet Online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season. With MLB postseason, NFL and college football and NHL in full swing, BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile across every sport, anytime. Head to BetOnline today to get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So you've now been at Cron how many years? My five-year anniversary was yesterday. Oh, happy anniversary. That's exciting. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. Gosh, it's been, and that that makes sense because I've been covering this team eight and I feel like I do now remember that it was around five years ago (laughs) (laughs) that you were there, which is, I, I just, Time. You don't have that on your personal calendar? I think you're going to know what that. I will now. I'll tell you that. It's going on my <laughs> personal calendar now and it will your 6 year anniversary expect balloons and all kinds of fun things. I cannot wait. I love champagne too just in case you. Oh, okay, great. Tips. I'll yeah. write down I'll put it in the calendar notes. Balloons <laughs> and champagne for Kate. That is awesome. So it's been 5 years and let's talk a little bit about when you first got there in those first days of the stadium. I don't ask my guests this as much. And I think it's really interesting, especially for our listeners who are just getting started in the industry, want to get started in the industry. Let's kind of go back to that first day you get to Levi's to cover this team. What did that feel like? And kind of how did you navigate your way of building relationships in the building? And was there trepidation? Did you jump right in? I know it's a lot of questions and and one, but I think you know where I'm going. Yeah. Well, you know what? I I do remember it really well. And I had been covering college sports for years at that point. Uh, Started with high school, too, and and covering um, college. I felt prepared me to cover the pros. But it is a whole different experience. I I mean, there's there's nothing that could compare to covering the pros and specifically the NFL. Now that I've covered all of the pro sports, pretty much, I, I realized that the NFL even is a different level in some way. And I was definitely nervous. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it was quite imposter syndrome, but I had major jitters because I, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know where to park. I didn't really know how to make my way around Levi Stadium. I think I made no less than three phone calls to people back at the station to try to help me figure out where I was supposed to park, where I was supposed to go. Um, and I also had a sense that there is already kind of an established hierarchy in place in a way. Um, you have to toe the line kind of, of being confident, making your Mm -hmm. presence known, doing your job, getting, getting into that rhythm, but also leaving space and being respectful of the people who have been there for years ahead of you, um, doing it there too. And so that was something that I, you know, learned in those first couple days to navigate. Um, but it was the thing that stands out the most though, is how exciting it was just to be in an NFL stadium after hours, to be on a practice field, with people that you've only seen on TV up until mm-hmm. that point. Mm-hmm. And it's not um, 
like I was starstruck per se, but you do have a sense of occasion and just how, how big it feels and kind of like you've achieved something in your career that you've been working towards. So yes, that was a special day in my career for sure. I can totally understand that. I think it also, I felt like this for me, I don't know if you <clears throat> feel similarly, but it also really drives home that they're, we're all at work. The players are at work. The coaches are at work and it's a game and they are grown men getting paid to play a game, which is amazing, but they're at work. And I think it really drives that home. It does. And that's something that I've actually reminded myself often because there can be times when it feels like what they're doing is so much bigger than what you're doing in a way. There's so much visibility. Like you said, they get paid so much. Everyone in the Bay Area knows their names. Everyone in the country knows their names. And yet you are there in the same room with the same task at hand. And knowing that has actually really given me a lot of confidence and kind of made me more comfortable, even in the locker room, which can be a really awkward space. I'm sure you've talked about that with a lot of your guests, but we're all just there to do a job and, and, and everyone knows that. And I think there's, there's kind of a mutual respect because of that. Yes, I think that that's true. And it's funny, it took a while for me that uh, players would say, well, you know, something like, oh, you know, it's so fun that we work together, whatever it is. And I'm like, we work together. And I'm like, oh, right, we do work together. And that was early now. Obviously, it's been eight seasons. So yes, we do. But very early on that we do all work together. And I think that's important. And I, I bring that up because I also bring that up for our listeners coming to the industry. When you work in sports, it sounds super fun. And it certainly is. But it's a lot of hard work. And it is work. And I think that's an important thing for people to remember you're not just going to games and <laughs> you're not just yeah. going to, you don't get to just go to games and be a fan and go to tailgates and all of that. That's <laughs> not what it is. And so I bring that up because when you talk about being on a practice field, being in a locker room, that's part of our job. That's how we prepare for Sunday. That's our way of preparing for Sunday or Monday or Thursday. It's the case. <laughs> even an occasional Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, exactly. There's even an occasional Saturday. So that's how we prepare for work. So I always, like thinking about that. And I just remember kind of my first few days there. And that's why it was interesting to me to talk to you about your few, first few days there, because I think that does really get driven home. Yeah, it does. And I think at the end of the day, that's kind of why I love it. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it is work and it's, it's fun work and it's different every time, even though we kind of have a similar schedule and we go in and do different things, you never know what to expect. You never know who's going to be on the practice field. You never know who's going to be in the locker room. And so I still, to this day, have a certain amount of um, nervous energy in a good way about getting the job done and doing it right and figuring out how I'm going to navigate that particular day. And I think that's kind of part of what keeps me hungry and keeps me wanting to make sure that I'm trying different things and, and doing different things. Um, and it's, it's not like sitting in, in an office chair, you're not sitting in a cubicle and I'm, I'm very thankful for that, but you do have to remember that there are certain things that you need to check off on your list every day. And, um, it's just a good, good reminder. Yes, it is. It's a very good reminder. So kind of, kind of, I don't know if this is a good thing. This might be a good segue. Is there a misstep you're seeing women ma making as they're trying to break into the sports industry? It is kind of related in a way. Um, and I, the thing that I always see, and I think I was guilty of this too when I, when I started and sometimes even now, um, thinking that you have to do everything, thinking that you have mm -hmm. to be exactly like your male counterparts and measure up exactly to the people that you've seen come in the industry before you. Um, one thing that I was really self-conscious about when I first started was 
I don't, my brain doesn't function in a way where I remember stats particularly well. My brain doesn't function in a way where I can think back to a game five years ago and remember exactly what happened in the third quarter or when somebody threw that interception or how many yards somebody racked up in that game. Um, but I thought that I had to in order to succeed mm-hmm. in this industry. And I see so many young women kind of trying to check every box in that way and trying to measure up to some impossible standard when in reality, we have something different to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And if, if you can embrace that early on in your career and not be afraid to show that to people as you're first making relationships in the industry and, and learning the ropes, I think that's incredibly valuable and it makes you stand out from the crowd. I think that's, I'm really glad that you brought that up because we do have something different to bring to the table and we each do. You have something different than I have. I have something different than you have all of the things. And it's important to lean into that. Yes, you want to be knowledgeable. You want to be prepared, all of the things, but you, we all have something different to bring. And it kind of goes to the cliche of like, there's no other you, but Another way to look at it is your perspective is different than someone else's perspective. And there's something to be said for that. And it doesn't have to be the same. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's exactly right. And I think when you're, when a lot of people are first looking at the industry, of course, they look up at their role models and are maybe trying to emulate them in certain ways. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I learned a lot about how to present myself, particularly when I'm on air from watching other people that I admire and kind of picking up some cues here and there of things that worked and things that I thought were good. But trying to pigeonhole yourself into something that isn't really your wheelhouse mm-hmm. is something that I think a lot of people do and get stuck in and it keeps them from achieving their full potential. I absolutely agree. And it's important to find – the other thing is it's an important to find the way that makes you different. I mean, we, we do live in a world where we all have the opportunity to start a podcast, to start a YouTube, to start an Instagram, to start a whatever. There's so many things that we can do and just get started, which is amazing. But what you want to do is find what makes you unique and why do people want to come to you for coverage when there are a lot of people doing it? Find the thing that makes you kind of different and, and fun to follow for unique perspective. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, there's a million people out there. There's a million things out there already, but there's always room for something new. Is there a criticism criticism that you received? (laughs) I try to take both those words and make them into one. A criticism you received early on in your career that was constructive and really helped you today. Yeah. Uh, It was when I was first auditioning at Pac-12 Network. So I mentioned that I went there as a production assistant in hopes of getting some on-air opportunities. And it took a few years for that to happen when there ultimately there was a shakeup kind of at the top of the person who was hiring the on-air talent. And um, I had started, at that point, I had already gone freelance and I'd been doing some sideline and studio hosting for, for some other local outlets. And I really wanted to get in to Pac-12 Network because I loved what they were doing. I loved the Pac-12. I auditioned, incredible opportunity. It went very well. I auditioned at the same time as another young woman. She was also very good, but we were very different. And I remember after the audition, the coordinating producer saying to me and her at the same time, which was a little (laughs) awkward that we got that feedback in the same setting, but that if you could put the two of us together, we would be the perfect broadcaster because I was very kind of by the book, articulate, um, you know, not not really making a misstep, being being very um, straightforward, delivering the information, but she was doing it with a ton of personality. 
mm-hmm. but maybe not quite as articulate and polished as I was. And I really took that to heart. I thought, I don't want to be some like boring talking head. I need mm-hmm. to start figuring out how to inject some personality uh, into what I'm doing here. And that took me a long time to really try to figure out how to blend that balance of being polished with also doing things off the cuff and being more myself, not just being some uh, movie version of what I thought a sports broadcaster was supposed to be. I didn't like hearing that at the time because it did feel like a criticism. But mm-hmm. ultimately, I think that that's now my strongest thing. I, I feel like I make fun of myself all the time. I try to be self-effacing in my work. And um, that is kind of my calling card, I guess you could say. And it's because of that criticism that I got back when I was first starting. Um, so I'm very thankful that he was candid and said that. And by the way, the other young woman who did that is also killing it in her career. Her name is um, Kate Harrison, and she is the only woman who does uh, PBR and rodeo broadcasting for CBS Sports. So That's amazing. Yeah. She's oh, we got to get her to get my job. You should what definitely if- have her on sometime too, Kate Harrison. Uh, okay. We, so we sort of got started at the same time. And it would be interesting to ask her if that criticism kind of stuck with her too. But, um, you know, th- some of the criticism you get, you want to just throw right out the window because those people don't know what they're talking about and you know what's best for you. But that was one that I knew that I really could learn from and, and use to improve my, my work and what I was doing out there. And that's also an important distinction that I'm glad you brought up. Some of it, you do have to just say, this person doesn't know me. This person is coming from not from my best interest and I'm not going to listen to that. But knowing what's constructive and what's helpful and then what's not. Exactly. So you also have two young daughters. They're both girls, correct? I have one of each. One of each? I didn't realize. Oh, wait, one boy, one girl. Yeah. Well, this is why I have the person on and I don't just talk about you without <laughs> you being here. Uh, so one boy, one girl. Okay, so you have two young children uh, at home. So how do you find, and I I don't want to use the word balance. So I'm going to come up. <laughs> how do you, I'm going to use, because I think it's a, I just think it's a terrible world word and it's impossible. How do you navigate? There we go. How do you navigate the career part and the mom part, and knowing you can't give each part 100% every day, what have you found is the best way to navigate that for you? Yeah, that is the that is the hardest part. And honestly, I there are many times where I wrestle with guilt on both ends, where I feel like I'm not giving myself fully to my work. There's something that I wish I could be doing. Like, for example, I, I only travel for um, playoff games usually, or maybe a really important divisional game for the 49ers. So most okay. most of the time when they're on the road, I'm watching the game on my couch and my kids are here. <laughs> so what I found that I have to sacrifice during that time is being on social media during the game, even though mm-hmm. Twitter is, you know, or X, I guess we're calling it now. Thanks, Elon, right. is um, such an important piece of what we do these days as journalists. You just can't escape it. It is important to have a presence there. Um, I, I can't have a presence on there during the game is because I'm trying to focus on the game and take care of my kids at the same time. Um, but at the same time, I think that's good because I'm teaching them that, um, y- you know, mommy loves her job and mm-hmm. it's okay to take things that are for yourself. And hopefully they see me having a good work ethic. Um, they are just now they're five and three. They're just now starting to take something of an interest in sports Um so I'm, I'm really hopeful that we can pass that on to, to them. The other thing that is incredibly helpful for me, and I know not everyone is this fortunate, but is I have a husband who also works in sports. And so mm-hmm. he understands my weird hours. He understands when I say, hey, it's it's bedtime for the kids, but unfortunately I got to hop on a Zoom interview right now, or mm-hmm. I have to uh, 
work extra late tonight because I have live shots after a game. Um, he fully understands it and relates to it and supports it. It's we've you you were talking about some cliches. Another huge cliche is that it takes a village to raise children, but that's really true. And there's no possible way that I would be able to have this particular career without a lot of support, not just him, but family, babysitters, teachers as well. Um, and just circling kind of back to what you said at the beginning about there's there's no such thing really as balance when it when it comes to this. Being okay with knowing that sometimes your kids aren't going to get everything, but mm-hmm. that I know that when I am focused on them and being present with them, I'm filling their cup as much as humanly possible, and they are going to know that they're safe and loved. And so it doesn't matter if one time, one day, I, I choose to do a work thing instead. And vice versa, giving so much of myself at work and getting my job done on time and doing it well, that if there is a time where I have to call in sick or leave early, I, I, I took Halloween off to, to be able to spend with my kids that day. Nobody bats an eyelash because they know that my work is going to get done and I'm going to do well. So I think it's just about doing what you can. And that there it is right there. Doing what you can in all parts of it, you know, doing what you can. And that's really it's really important. And it's it's so hard. And and I don't have kids, but let's say last week was you have the dogs. Well, I do. I have dogs. I do have dogs. <laughs> um, and and I you know what? There have been times it hasn't happened a ton, but there have been times where I haven't been able to go to practice because something's wrong with one of the dogs and I have to take him to the vet. And it feels like it's something that has to be that day. You know, it's like one of those yeah. things where like the dog was sick all night. And I'm like, I'm not going to leave. I have to take the dog to the vet. Like I have to do it. But even last week, uh, we're recording this on, well, you're, it's going to be on, go live Thursday, November 16th. But we're re- recording this on Tuesday, November 14th. And last week, the 49ers were coming back from their bye. And Monday was a short practice and locker room media availability, but it was also the day that everybody was meeting Chase Young for the first time and he was going to the podium and everybody's going to talk to him. So I was flying up that day, that morning, and I woke up and I was really sick and I had a terrible cold and a terrible cough and it had been kind of brewing. I thought it was allergies. It was not. It was just a terrible cold and cough and I got up and this was so hard for me, but I was like, I can't go. First of all, no one wants me around right now, especially no one wants me around Chase Young right now. Let me tell you that. So nobody wants me around right now, but I can't, I also feel terrible. Like I feel awful. I cannot go today. It was so hard for me, but it's something that I wouldn't necessarily have done early. I mean, if I was that sick, I was going to get people sick, but I think very early on, it was like nothing, nothing can get in the way. I just have to go every single day. And at this point, I've now been doing that and I couldn't go. And it's hard to do that, but you also have to do that. Because- you have to do that. I mean, that's a great attitude and it speaks to your incredible work ethic. And I 100% thought the same thing because you see it all the time. I mean, you see yeah. Adam Schefter not sleeping. You see right. people who have a horse, horse voice doing the show anyway. And I remember when I was first starting to get into this industry, seeing them work holidays, seeing them work when they were sick, thinking, oh my God, what am I ever going to do if I like have the stomach flu? I'm just going to have to be out there on the sidelines anyway, just barfing into a trash can in between. But you realize that once you establish enough goodwill, you're, I think of it like this, you're making deposits in the bank mm-hmm. and you're depositing all your good work, solid work ethic, showing up. And so then when you need to make a withdrawal and not be there one time, not really mm-hmm. a big deal. No one notices if you take 20 bucks out and, and it's all good. And yeah. I think that's like any other industry too. But for some reason, there's such a hustle above everything else attitude in this industry that it, it scares people off taking those times for themselves and other things when they need it. But it's okay. And it's not going to make or break your career. 
No, it's definitely not. And it's funny because now a week later, I have met Chase Young. I introduced myself. I went over to him a few days later. I said, I was sick on Monday. I want to introduce myself. I'm Chase Sandler. You know, whatever. Great to meet you. I watched the press conference. I have all the information and it's fine. Everything is fine. fine. Totally fine. And you feel better. And yeah. And I didn't get the whole locker room and media core sick. So everyone, everyone, (laughs) good thing. It's a good thing for all. Uh, we're going to come to one of my favorite parts of the podcast. And I think this also kind of segues into it. I'm really proud of myself with the segues today. I feel like you are killing it. Um, so I would love for you to take us through a day in the life of Kate Rooney. And in your case, you also might, you might not. So it's up to you. You might want to do a weekday and a game day. You may want to pick, but I just think it would be interesting to kind of see how your days go. Okay. Um, I will do a practice day, I think, because those are the... Everyone can kind of envision like what a game day is, but a practice day, I think maybe a lot of people don't really know exactly what goes on. Um, My day starts so early, Tracy. I'm not a morning person. I hate it. But (laughs) one of the problems with having little kids and probably dogs too, is they wake you up way earlier than you want to be up. Um, No, no, my dogs are like, we're good. (sighs) Though I will tell you, I took a 5.15 a.m. flight out of Jacksonville on Monday. So... Okay, so you There's, know a thing or two about the sports, the John sports reporter world, but yes, but, <laughs> but um, I think a lot of dogs do wake people up early. Mine just don't. <laughs> you got you got real good ones. Let me tell I you, um, my kids are okay. They're hit or miss. I'm not going <laughs> to say they're real good, but uh, today, for for instance, uh, little the little one was up at 5:40. So on a typical day, I'm probably up by six six thirty. Mad dash to get them ready to school uh, by eight thirty, and. Um, my husband usually has to take off earlier, so I take both the kids to school. Then I have another mad dash to get my stuff and get ready and go to the gym. I really like to get a workout in before mm-hmm. I go anywhere. It puts me in a really good mental state for the day, the week, everything else. Um, and then the the big thing with, with my job is for practices, I am my own one-woman band. I kind of hate that expression, but um, I do all the shooting, editing, and recording of everything on my own. So I have a giant wagon that you've seen me with many times that's mm-hmm. loaded up Can't with confirm. my camera backpack, tripod, <laughs> laptop, all the cords, cables necessary. Of course, my giant purse full of makeup and anything a woman could possibly need to get through the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I load that up into the car. I live about 40 miles from Levi Stadium. Okay. So the drive is anywhere from an hour and 10 minutes to two hours on a bad day. Um, that's my me time. I've come to really embrace that commute. And I listen to podcasts or music, um, and just kind of prepare myself and and get ready for what's ahead. Um, I've usually already prepped for what I'm going to do that day ahead of time. Some days of practice, I am trying to get one-on-one interviews. Some days I'm mostly there to shoot video of the actual practice and uh, whatever players appear on the podium for the press conference and send that back to my station. Uh, But the days that I enjoy the most are the days where we get to go in the locker room. I'm doing interviews. I usually also interview a reporter like yourself or one Mm -hmm. of the other great people that we work with um, for my 49er show that airs on Saturday nights. So my, my week is really about getting ready for that show and gathering all the content that we need to make our half hour show good, a surprising amount of content to fill half an hour. Um, And once we've done our media session, once we've been out on the practice field, then I got to spend a couple hours editing that video, um, sending it back to the station, getting it ready to air on our nightly newscasts and getting it ready for our weekly half hour show, Red and Gold Zone that I mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I usually go home and 
and have a glass of wine. Put the kids to bed. Well, he should. <laughs> I'm pretty much incapable of doing anything after they go to bed other than sitting on the couch and watching TV or reading a book. I just always tell myself I'm going to do more work or like do things around the house, but I usually collapse by then. But I think that's also that's also important as we talk about navigating and all of that. Like you work a very full day, and that's something that I've struggled with, and I think I'm finally getting there. Unless it's really you know something super urgent, especially in running my own business, there's always more. There's always more all of us can do. And I've tried to become pretty good about come, let's say seven o'clock, I'm done. Now, if something there's breaking news or there's some big sports story going on, that's different. But for the most part, I'm done. I don't need to do the extra thing. Even if it only take 10 minutes, there's just something about saying, okay, basically come seven o'clock, I'm done now. I'm going to go to dinner. I'm going to hang out with the dogs. I'm going to watch a show, whatever it is, because I think it's important and the same for you. You've had a full day, a very, very full day, and the work will still be there tomorrow. And if not something super urgent, you deserve to give yourself the evening to relax. And I think the reset in that way, again, makes you better at Mm -hmm. whatever you're doing the next day because you come into it fresh, feeling good and not feeling kind of frantic. There are definitely times where I think, as you just heard in my description of my day, I can feel a little frantic. I mean, sometimes I'm running around with that like frenetic energy because I have so many just pieces of equipment that I need to remember, so many things I need to check off my list for the kind of content that, that I need. Um, that it it can be kind of overwhelming, even though I do it every week, trying to remember it all on Mm -hmm. a day-to-day basis. And um, if I don't have some of that time to myself to just reset, there are just too many things going through my head and and too many stressful stressful things. It's not good for anyone. And I think you can like feel that energy and feel that vibe in the locker room or or in the practice field or in the setting with, with your colleagues. And that's not that is not the energy I want to give off. I'm sure I do sometimes on on certain days, but for the most part, do not want to give off that kind of energy. <laughs> no, you definitely don't. And we all do at times. Well, you know, that's just being human, but but we don't. And this week for me is a good example. So does I don't know, you obviously know this, but maybe not all listeners do. Tuesdays is players' day off in the NFL. So I often try to make Tuesdays Tracy's day off just to get stuff done, you know, and have some stuff, whether it's self-care beauty stuff that I like to do or just get errands done or whatever it may be. Monday, as I mentioned, I took a 5.15 a.m. flight out of Jacksonville. So I knew Monday was going to be a wash. I knew that getting the Kyle Shanahan conference call done and anything that came out of that was going to be basically what I was doing. I mean, I realized that I got up at midnight California time to go to the airport, which is so bizarre. So I knew Monday was going to be a wash, which means that this Tuesday that we're recording is a very busy day. But it's okay because I knew I had to give myself Monday. And I think that's important too. Like I knew I was going to need that reset. 5.15 is very early. 5.15 is an inhuman hour. I would I would pose well, that. You can, and as, here's the thing with Jacksonville, not fun fact, there are no direct flights to California. So uh, I had to, so otherwise I would have. You I do talk say, about that, Tracy. Who can we I, talk I mean, about? I really do. On a road trip, I normally like to get out early because I'm ready to go home if we have to, you know, if I'm sure. staying over till Monday. But 5.15 is just, Normally, I can get up at 5.15, 5.30 for like a 7.30 flight, no problem, 5.15 early, but I had to stop. So even at taking off at 5.15, I did not walk into my house till 11 a.m., which is why I knew Monday was going to be a wash. So this Tuesday, 
not a wash, very busy, but that's okay. <laughs> and I knew that and I, I could give myself that day. So Monday had to be the reset day. And it's just finding those times because you can't do everything all the time. It's just not possible. No, you can't. It's, it's definitely finding them wherever you can. I mean, usually because I, since I work for a television station, I do cover the 49ers the most because of my show Red and Gold Zone. So that's kind of mm-hmm. like my beat in a way. But typically on Tuesdays, I'm doing something with the Warriors or something mm-hmm. with the Sharks or something with one of the local college teams. Um, so I have to find my resets on, you know, my days off, which are Friday and Saturday this time of year, which is pretty good for a sports schedule. I really can't complain. Or yeah. just even, like you said, the, that hour from like seven to 10 before I go to bed, your me time such an important part. And I know a lot of people in this industry who do not make time for themselves at all. Um, and that stresses me out on their behalf. And I think that they're a little less happy because of it. Yeah. And even, you know what, even with this Tuesday being crazy, I'm done at 4.30. I have therapy at five. I'm not changing that. It's important to me. And then I have a dinner for my friend's birthday and I'm doing that and and I'm just making it work. And I understand that's that amazing. that's not the, that's not the case that everybody can do where they are in their careers. And I understand I, I do have the flexibility of owning my own business. And I understand that I've been doing this a while, but you still have to always find that time because the reset is important because otherwise you, you'll just burn out and it's not good for everybody. And like you said, you don't want to be giving that energy off. Yeah. Exactly. And for your own self, you don't want to be giving that energy off. And I do think that's something that people who, I know that I was scared of that when I came into this industry. I remember when I graduated grad school, I told my parents, you're going to have to get used to me being on my phone all the time. You're going to have to get used to me being around for not being around for holidays or, or days off, because I just thought that that's what you had to do. I thought that in order to be successful in sports, you can only think about sports, only devote your life to sports, no time for anything else. And while it is important to keep your finger on that pulse, that's not a realistic or a good way to, to run one's life. So if that's what it takes to be successful in this industry or any industry, then I've just realized that I don't, I don't want that. Um, I think it's really important to, to re- take care of your own needs and ultimately it'll make you better at your job, whatever that may be. Well, it's like the, uh, on an airplane, give your, before helping anybody else do the math. Yeah, exactly. See, you, you know? would know from that 515 flight. Yes, exactly. That was something I learned. So I can take that with me into life. Uh, Kate, this has been awesome. I love talking. I feel like I could talk to you just forever. Well, luckily, I'll get to see you tomorrow and I can't talk to you forever. But on this podcast, I feel like I can. But but before I let you go, we have to do what you've been seeing me do with 49ers players for years. uh, Five fun facts. And of course, as you know, in their case, they give off five facts about themselves that you would not otherwise know. But on this podcast, we have been asking everybody since we debuted in September of 2019, every week, we've been asking everybody the same five questions. And it's been great because we get such different answers Ooh, that it's that. been awesome. And then I do think it takes a little bit of pressure off everybody of not having to come up with five. <laughs> it's so funny with the players. Inevitably, they're like, five? I can't come up with five. But then, then people do come up with five and it's great. But on this one, if you're ready, five fun facts with Kate Rooney. Um, the first fu- fun fact that I think you said everyone gives is their favorite moment in sports. Yes. Got that? Okay. That's correct. So, Go for it. Um, my favorite moment in sports is the moment that shifted my career, my my life towards this career path. Kind of a weird one. It's when the Patriots beat the Steelers in the AFC Championship in the 2001-2002 season. I was living in Boston at the time in a really crappy mm. apartment near Northeastern University and I watched the game by myself because at a musical theater school, not many people care <laughs> about football. Um, and when 
it looked like the Patriots were going to win. I opened the windows and I started hearing some cheers. And sure enough, everybody ran out into the streets. And so I grabbed my roommates at the time. and We all ran out into the streets. We weren't Patriots fans, but we still celebrated. And for me, it was that affirming moment of um, sports bringing people together and just how mm-hmm. positively sports impact people's lives and how much they mean to people. And I thought this is something I want to be a part of forever. That's awesome. Oh, I love that. That's so cool. And it does. There is something about it. I would imagine being in Boston at that time, Patriots fan or not, it would be hard not to get caught up in that. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, all right. Do you want do you want me to give your next one or you want to yeah, do it? You, you, you prompt me. Let's do it. Let's do it the Tracy Sandler way. I like it. Okay. Life motto. My life motto. Um, this is kind of cheesy, but it's from Friday Night Lights. It's a quote <laughs> from Coach Eric Taylor. Favorite show of all time. Uh, really? Me yes, too. of all time. Best uh, show ever. Me oh, too. I love that about you. <laughs> We're going to have to have a separate long combo about this oh, show. Yes, we are. But it's a throwaway quote that the minute I heard it in the show, I got and wrote down on a piece of paper and I still have it in a makeup bag and it comes with me almost everywhere I go. Um, success is not a goal. It's a byproduct. And that reminds me that you shouldn't be striving for success. You should be striving for the hard work that will result in your success. And I think about that every time I'm, I'm kind of feeling like I don't want to work that hard or every time that I'm feeling stuck. Um, and it really helps me get back on track. Thanks, I love Coach that. Taylor. Coach Taylor is the best. What is your go-to workout? If I had my dream week of workouts, I would do something different every day. I'd do boot camp one day, Pilates another day, bar another day, spinning another day, and yoga another day. I love to mix it up. Okay, I love it. What is your go-to coffee order? I'm a chai person. Okay. Um, so I get a medium chai latte with oat milk. And I usually ask for a tad less sweetness than they serve in the typical chai latte. Oh, Drink delicious. way too many of those. That sounds very good. The oat milk too sounds Yummy. like a nice twist on a chai latte. I'm going to try that. And what is a book every woman should read? Um, I thought about this one for a while, Tracy, but ultimately I realized the answer was so obvious to me. It's a book called Women in Power. Women and Power by Mary Beard. It's really two little essays. It's super short, super digestible, but it talks about the um, basically long history of men telling women to shut up and how that has prevented women from being in positions of power and how uncomfortable it makes men when women try to assert themselves into Mm -hmm. roles of power in our society. It's kind of focused on a political lens, but it's relatable, I think, to any male-dominated industry and just women in general. Um, And like I said, really short, really easy to read. I have it on my bookshelf, kind of prominently displayed in hopes that people ask me about it when they come into my house. So far, no one has, but maybe after this podcast, more people will. Fantastic. Kate, (laughs) thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I like I, like you said, I just want to keep talking to you. <laughs> it was, well, and, I, and you know what? And we're going to, on Wednesday, we're going to have a very long Friday Night Lights talk. And I'm very excited cannot about wait. it. Cannot wait. Please let everyone know where they can find you. You can find me um, across social media. My handle is at the Kate Rooney. And if you're a 49ers fan, which I bet a lot of your listeners are, you can watch my show, Red and Gold Zone, Saturday nights at 1130, if you're in the Bay Area on Cron 4, and then check your local listings throughout the rest of California and Hawaii. Oh, amazing. Love that. You guys, we are brought to you by Bet Online. You can find us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. You can find me on Twitter or X at Tracy FGSN. If you like what you heard, and I know that you did, please make sure to give us a five-star rating and a very positive review. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next time. Bye, all.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.